It's Wednesday, it's WWT Live, and you know what that means, a full day of conversation, as today we're talking anniversaries, celebrations, and the new day is back, sort of. All of that and more on today's episode of WWT Live. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0. Women's Wrestling Talk, the number one women's wrestling show on the planet. Welcome to WWT Live as part of Women's Wrestling Talk, the number one women's wrestling show on the planet. I am Gerard Bonner. They call me the professor around these parts. I hope you are having an absolutely fantastic Wednesday. Smack in the middle of the week. Lots of things are going on, as always, in the space of pro wrestling. And we have a lot of news to get to. Like I said, we're talking celebrations, anniversaries, and it's a new day, kind of, sort of. We'll get into all of that and what that means. But I'm not alone, thankfully. I don't think you'd want to hear an hour of me by myself, but maybe you would. But in this case, you don't have to because I've got hanging out with me DJ Chuck. What's going on, DJ? Hey, man, an hour of you. I'll take it, man. I mean, pure commentary, bro. Like, give yourself <laughs> more credit. Give yourself you, more credit, man. You are being very kind. I, I, I need to remember that. So thank you, man. How you been? Good man, you know, hump day in the middle of the week, man. Just absolutely, you know, you know, just getting it going over here and, and keeping it moving, man. Good to be with you guys as always. Always a pleasure to have you with us, and of course, with us as well. He's got all the answers. He is Cedric, the entertainer, the answer guy. He does it all. What's up, Ced? Happy I made it, man. You, you guys are stuck <laughs> with me. Hey. We, we, we almost didn't make it, but you guys are stuck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not mad at that at all. Not How you been, all. man? You good? I'm great. I'm great. So Wednesday, weather's not too bad. You know, it's a good week. It's a good yeah, week. I, I resemble that because Monday I literally got kicked off because the storm came and knocked the power out for oh. a bit. So, yeah, I mean, literally we were about to go on and boom, the lights went out and it was it was crazy. But we made it back in time. And uh, that was good. Lots of fun on that show. Shout out to JD. Good to see you, sir. And uh, an hour all depends on what sort of sweet nothings you're whispering <laughs> into the mic. <laughs> oh, boy. I'm not sure TK would want me to do that on this show. So, yeah, what? that... <laughs> Going to charge the nine hundred number for that, man. Good. Remember the days of the nine hundred numbers. Oh I know that's man, a, it's a whole you know. Paul Heyman owes me four hundred dollars, bro. Because I, I used that to call I the, believe. I, I used to call the ECW hotline a lot in the early two thousands. Charge up both my grandparents' phone lines with that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, I'd explain. I needed these, you know, these dirt sheets. <laughs> What? Well, no longer do you need to call the 900 numbers because we've got all the news that you need. And we're going to kick it off, of course, with some big news about one of the members of the New Day. Said, tell us the latest on Big E. Well, during the buildup and the lead up to the SummerSlam media promotions, of course, one of our favorites got interviewed. And we want to know what's the status with Big E. So he gave us a little bit of update. He was actually informed that the doctors and physicians that have been in for the past year, because we're actually over the, the year mark now, a little bit over that since the original neck injury last March. And they're actually saying that he should not wrestle again. That's the doctor's recommendation. Now, that's a little bit of a somber news, everybody. If you looked on Twitter and you saw a lot of Ridge Holland hate just out of the blue, that was why. So it's possible that we might never see Biggie in the squared circle again. 
one of the cool things that came out of that media presser is the fact that he was actually offered to do a color commentary role, a la, um, we saw some of Becky's quotes about that. And he said it's something he, he, can, he would consider, but he doesn't know how he would do it without a bathroom break. Now, I think if you remember in the past, we saw Big E and New Day on the commentary table when they had their own separate desks with pancakes, stuff like that. Very entertaining stuff. I think anybody would love to see it. But how do we feel as a whole as if this is the last that we see of Big E in an actual in the square circle? I mean, I think we all can agree. First of all, we just glad he's walking and mm -hmm. he's healthy and can live a a regular life first mm -hmm. and foremost. So yeah. there's the first, you know, important victory there. Secondly, man. I, I would hope, you know, in, in the days of we were talking about this off air before we got on of, of Brian Danielson and Edge, I wouldn't 100 percent mark this off just yet. He may walk away for a minute, but the way of ways of modern medicine, we may see another wrestling miracle here soon. So we've had to give it time and see how it plays out. Now, as far as his his other roles in the company, that man is an entertainer. Mm -hmm. Biggie is an entertainer. He could talk with the best of them. They could put him in any kind of role, and and he would succeed in that company. So, and, and even when his in ring days are done, when he, when he's done, he he's going to be continuing in the business. So, um, I hope this is not the last we've seen of him. I hope we do see him again in the ring. Um, but Big E will be successful, you know, as a mouthpiece. And I mean, that's that's the thing we know about certain certain wrestlers. They may not be the best mouthpieces, but they're great in the ring. Biggie is a mouthpiece upon a mouthpiece. So he's going to be good either way, I believe. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Um, you know, there are a number of great wrestlers who became commentators. And we see that really in a lot of other professional sports where once their professional career is over, they move into the uh, booth of commentary or doing analysis. And it really helps to extend their career in the space of pro wrestling. I mean, my goodness, you know, some of the absolute massively wonderful names that we loved in commentary were once wrestlers gorilla monsoon immediately comes to mind um you think about roddy piper's stint macho right. man randy savage had a stint as well mr perfect had a stint as uh doing commentary jerry the king lawler one of the most famous right. commentators long time pro wrestling career and even what we're seeing right now with wade barrett uh booker t you know so there's definitely and yeah, Corey, Corey uh, Graves. Corey Graves. Uh, Nigel McGinnis. Yeah, right. Nigel. I mean, like Excalibur. You know, there are a lot of, and we see Jericho jumping in there as well. Right. Uh, Taz. So there's, you right. know, as we are, we're naming literally a lot of the modern day commentators that you are hearing uh, were former pro wrestlers. And there is a degree of credibility that a wrestler automatically has when they walk into the commentary booth because you've actually been on the field. You right. actually understand, and you can give a degree of analysis that someone who's never been in the ring may not be able to do. So that's certainly a path if that is something that he's interested in. One of the other things that I noticed is he's been doing a lot of mainstream media for WWE. Right. You know, he did yeah. uh, the much. Celebrity Family Feud. He did uh, The Weakest Link. You know, he's those. And again, you were talking about personality. That's a great space for for him. So it really is like the raceway, too. Right? Yeah. Yeah. He's done he, some he, things he, with NASCAR, with with college football. Football. Right. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. 
And, and the other thing I want to say to this story too, this is off topic, but on topic about, you know, Rich Holland trending on, on Twitter X, whatever the hell it's called these days. Yeah. We've got to stop blink. Look, Getting her in the ring is just part of the game. You got to charge it to the game. It's not like Rich Holland did that on purpose to hurt him. People have got to stop, you know, charging. You know, like, you you can't bum rush a wrestler on Twitter and say, it's your fault, so-and-so can't wrestle anymore. Right. I think that's that's that that's just terrible. I, that, I, I'm trying to find the appropriate words without using profanity here, but that's just such a sore mark for, 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 for fans to do. I, I don't like that. Yeah. I think that's that's tacky, and I think it's just it's it's never a good look. I don't I don't yeah. like that. Yeah, uh, mo most wrestlers uh, will tell you that they are the ones that are the most hurt if they are ever in any way connected to injuring another wrestler. Right. So you know it is certainly never an intentional kind of thing. And you're right. I do hope that fans can you know. And it's it's kind of weird because because the sport it first of all if we would just acknowledge. 100% that this is a sport, then 100%. we could more likely accept when people get injured because we don't do this on the basketball court, on the football court, or in any of these sports that involve direct contact. We don't attribute blame to somebody else, you know, but in pro wrestling, on one hand, you know, there's the argument, well, am I being worked or is this really happening, et cetera, et cetera. And then when you realize it's happening, you can't go and run and blame people. I don't think that that's fair. People forget that Rich Holland himself had a horrific injury in NXT where his leg was literally broken on yeah. live television. You know what yeah. I mean? So, yeah. you know, it's it's unfair. And again, it happened because somebody fell on him over the top rope. So I think people just have to to get better with that. And I think really that's where voices like ours uh, become very important to really counteract some of the low level thinking that could happen out there uh, in mm -hmm. the sport, because I do think it's, it's kind of crazy to see. They are lighting it up. In I, I'll never forgive the Shanahan's for what they did to RG three, but that's, that's, that's just me. That's, that's, oh that's just me blaming oh the coaches. So, oh boy. <laughs> but I was going to say, if I look back uh, just a few months ago during WrestleMania and Wale Mania that was out here, if you're familiar with the event, they actually surprised E and gave him his flowers that day. They did a video package. Everybody gave him well wishes. And overall, I don't think he, one, he didn't expect it, but some of the superstars that were there on stage with him, they were genuinely excited just to see him. Yeah. There right. was so much love. It can bring a tear to your eye, like how happy people were to see him. I think it was uh, Jimmy Uso's first time seeing E mm -hmm. in a long time since they were yeah. traveling on the road together. So people were just very happy to see him. So as a collective, as a, fan of this sport people should just be happy that not only are we seeing him move around actively on social media but that he is popping up in so many places right. so we feel as comfortable uh being in the public spotlight again yeah yeah and there's a lot to be said for that because there can be a degree of anxiety that comes with the idea that maybe you can't do what it is that you once did and for some it doesn't put them in a good place but i'm glad he's in a, a good place so let's see boza uh good to see you here he says uh for raw imagine not going to the bathroom for three hours uh, or ple days or three to four hours depending on pay-per-view so i'm gonna yeah. speak to that uh i am a guy who does commentary the shows that i work usually are about two and a half to three hours uh where we usually don't get a bathroom break and so um as one who drinks a lot of water I can tell you that I just kind of prepare for that particular day. 
My water usually happens on the front end of the day. And I usually try not to do a whole bunch uh, with that during the time that I'm out there because there really isn't a smooth way to just kind of sneak away and run and go do that. Now, you know, in the case of a WWE where there, because now let me explain this, at least in the space of WWE or AEW, there are commercial breaks. And during the commercial breaks, you know, you can at least, if there's, depending upon how close the bathroom might be to where they're sitting, there might be the opportunity, keyword might. Um, But in the case of what we do, you know, we are taping for television, but we don't have commercial breaks um, in what we're doing. So we don't have that. So if we get an intermission, perhaps, but like, for instance, the last show we just did last Friday, there was no intermission. So, you know, it was like, okay, you know, just kind of keep rocking with it. And uh, yeah, so you learn. I I feel like in time from the... um the commentary desk was near the entrance. It was more easier than now being like by the ring in front of the fans. Yeah. Like my thought is if they were going to do that, hopefully they, there is a, a, an out on the floor, depending upon the arena that they could go to. But I'm sure again, because it's a public one, you know, I don't know if they could have security at least get them there. But again, you have to walk pretty fast if you're going to do it in a three to four minute commercial break. Uh, The other thing that could work in a space like that is somebody could literally cover for you if it's a two or three man booth. And Lord knows in an AEW space where it's a four man booth, I mean, somebody could certainly cover for you while you you handle business. So those things- Never thought about that. Maybe that's why they do that. Yes. Didn't didn't JR say at one point during those WWE shows that he used to have a bottle by the booth in that same? Because I remember him talking about that on his podcast. I don't don't doubt that considering, um, you know, when when you're older, obviously you're not going to be able to run to the bathroom or anything like that. So I I wouldn't uh, doubt that. I wouldn't doubt that at all. Uh, Let's see. JD says Big E is a physical freak. I hope his genetics heal up uh, regardless if he boots up again. Yeah, honestly, I could see him being a manager for New Day since New Day returned right. to team action. That wouldn't be a bad move. Uh, cool Gamer, good to see you. Eric, no matter uh, if he comes back as a wrestler, manager, or announcer, it's great to have Big E back. He certainly is a presence. There's no doubt about that. Uh, let's see. Boy, there are so many great comments here. Ron, good to see you. Good friend. Good cousin. Good to see you. Let's see. Uh, Bobby says people should stop disrespecting Ridge. I agree. Boza says, I think New Day is one of the most popular acts in WWE history. They could go in the Hall of Fame. They will go in the Hall of Fame. That's a a given. Um, With that said, this is probably a good time to mention, since he mentioned Big E, uh, excuse me, and the New Day. While we got this news on Big E, we also found out Monday night that we had the return of the New Day. Chuck, tell us about that. So New Day returns on Raw on Monday. They took on the Viking Raiders, picked up the W. This has been... As Kobe's been out with a is an ankle injury for the last, I want to say a couple months now. Yeah. Um, five months. Wow. So at this so it's the first time back on TV together. They pick up the W. Both look in great shape. I was actually expecting when I heard that theme song, I thought he was gonna come out with them. I didn't expect him to be in the ring, but I expect him to be, you know, a mouthpiece on the side. I think we maybe will see that in the future. Mm-hmm. Good to see those brothers back in action. Uh, well needed. We need more tag team, like solid tag teams in the division right now. So, uh, and also the, the best cosplay in wrestling, may I add as well. They always come with the fire outfits. So it's good to see the New Day full back in action. And uh, let's see who they take on next. 
Yeah, it was a big win. And I thought given all that the Viking Raiders have done lately, it was a really, really big moment for the New yeah. Day to come out and beat them at this particular point. I thought for sure for a minute, I thought Viking Raiders was going to take it when Woods took that splash off the top. Yes. <laughs> yes. I got very nervous. <laughs> I got very nervous. Very, very that nervous. That looked like that hurt. So mm -hmm. I thought the match was over there. So when, when Woods kicked out of that, I'm like, oh, they're going to go over tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good feeling. It's a good feeling for sure. Uh, said, did you get a chance to see their return? I did. And I saw okay. it like after the fact. You know how you watch the results on Twitter and you're like, oh, wait, that happened? So you're like hey, right. more eager to tune in. Right. So like, I didn't know this was going to happen. You know, Kofi's been out with ankle injury. He actually posted a video on his Instagram earlier today about the journey of ankle surgery. Some very graphic footage there of the scars and getting the stem done like it was a, probably a very arduous process and then to get back to the point where he can still do the things that he wants to do in the ring that's very beautiful yeah. to see very yeah, curious right. to know how this is going to affect the tag team division with so much going on we have the angle of the champions actually being hurt what's going on with the prophets and bobby and the usos are now mm -hmm. no more so it's like there's there's like it's like the perfect timing for a long story act that's very consistent to kind of enter back into that flux but it's curious to see are they going to like split the titles or are they going to do because whenever the new day are on they're on and it's consistent and it's always right. worked yeah yeah you're, you're exactly right the uh it's odd that now seemingly both sets of tag titles the women's and the men seem to be in a bit of flux kevin yeah. owens of course is out uh if you looked at sammy Zayn's elbow Something is very wrong. So if you notice yeah. that at the beginning of the show when they did the promo segment, it was like that earlier. It yeah, was like see, that the I, whole time. I right. hadn't paid attention to that, but it was very, very clear when he got beat up. And I was like, oh, that's not yeah, a good it, sign. It looked like a, a baseball was in his elbow. Like, yes. there's yes. going to be some... I, I don't know if they're going to do a turn. Uh, clearly, KO and, and Sam, and it sucks because they've had a hell of a year, especially yes. leading up to Mania. They're mm -hmm. going to need some time off. KO's been wrestling beat up for a while. Way yes. even, I mean, even I think even at Mania, he was wrestling mm -hmm. hurt. So yeah. they're going to take some time off. I don't know what they're going to do with the titles. I know it's going to be a, a tournament situation. I know, and I don't know what they're going to do with the women's either. I, with the women's makes me sad because it feels like they can't stick it. Like it's always something comes up with those. I don't want to say those titles are cursed. I don't want to say that, but it's just been one bad thing after another. I just hope they can figure that out soon. But I will say we talked about the street profits. I love what I'm seeing. I just want to say that real quick. I love it. This is this is the route they need to go. I'm I'm digging what the prop they're doing with the profits uh with um with uh Bobby Lashley. Yes, is a very, very good time to be the street profit set. You know, you know, I was thinking back to the new day. Since we're seeing so much Biggie, and they're being, I think they're the company's being very cautious with him as how they present him. He's doing more appearances outside. Would it hurt so much to have Biggie do the traditional New Day entrance on Monday nights? Would that would that cause too much like anticipation? I don't. I don't know. I, I part of me wonders. I think there are two things. One. I do think it's interesting that uh, that uh, Big E has not appeared inside of an arena or anything like that. And I wonder if that is kind of his decision in terms of saying, hey, being too close to this might do some things to me that I'm not, you know, emotionally or mentally ready for. Right. So 
that that could be a part of it because we've seen other people show up while injured, still be yeah. around the ring, still be on television, things of that nature. So I think everybody's impacted differently. Um, so I, but I think if he's, I think he's at, he's got such goodwill with the company that whatever he wants to do at this point, they would allow him to do. So I think it's really up to him. I do. I think also I think also he doesn't want to give up the notion to the audience because he doesn't know exactly know yet. You sure. don't want to give up this false this hope of he's gonna come back to the ring and then we find out yeah. it's not gonna. So I think he wants to figure out exactly what's next. Mm-hmm. Am I gonna mm-hmm. return? Am I not returning? Uh before he kind of makes that decision, which is understandable. And and Gerard, I think you're you're right. There he's got the liberty at this point to take time to figure it out and i think yeah. whatever he decides to do wwe is going to run with it absolutely some more comments jeffrey good to see you speaking of new day make sure y'all check out up up down down summer games we'll definitely have to do that bobby says i'd like to see new day versus imperium mm. that'd be a fun one that'd be a really fun one and uh yeah there was definitely something going on with the elbow Suboza says it looked like sammy might be dealing with a weird staph infection that's exactly mm. what i thought it was okay. Yeah. exactly what i thought it was uh i agree with gerard both sets of tag t- titles are cursed now i don't think i said that either tag team titles I, I said I, I i said i don't want to say they're cursed but they've just been having bad luck let me clarify yeah you know, you flip that, right there. you know how you flip that cursed angle towards a positive is if you just put the titles back on Isla and Alba and say that they cursed the previous champions because that's like their, i think that's, that's, that's actually brilliant i think that's brilliant you know, it's also ironic. We haven't seen them since mm-hmm. that tag team unification match. So to me, I think this would be a perfect time to, to bring them back and insert them into that picture. Let's see. Will says, uh, who would have thought the New Day would la- outlast the Usos without turning on each other? Knowing Vince tried, but those brothers stayed strong. That's for like sure. in their contract, I believe, at this point. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? And it 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 says something because you could really make the argument that they are the longest tenured faction, I believe, in wrestling history, because the four horsemen's run didn't last this long. No. Not not continuously. The four horsemen's run, their first run ran about two to three years. And then Tully and Arn left to go to WWE. And then eventually Flair would leave and then they try to reform it. And, you know, but it never there really has not been a faction that has been continuously going. These guys have been going for a solid decade. Yeah, I think is, on the summer games, they're saying they've been like nine years in this thing. Make yeah, it's right. crazy. That is crazy. It, it doesn't it doesn't hurt that they move mad merch. They, Listen, they're not going to mess up that money. When, that, when you. When you demonstrate how to speak the language of the company, they'll keep you together doing whatever you need to do, mm-hmm. which I think is such a massive win. And speaking of the language of the company, it seems as though the voice of WWE is this guy, Michael Cole, who uh, Endeavor has said that, hey, they want him pretty much as the voice of WWE. So, of course, this past Monday night, he uh, returned to Monday Night Raw. He and his former SmackDown partner, now Raw partner, uh, are on Raw. That's Wade Barrett. The uh, Raw commentators of uh, Kevin Kevin Patrick and Corey Graves 
are moving over to SmackDown, where Michael Cole will be as well. Now, in case you didn't know, Michael Cole has been in the business now for 25 years. Wow. And Man. according to Booker T., he says uh, Michael Cole really wants to slow down. He does not want to have to do this for a whole lot longer. So according to Booker T., it's a possibility that, you know, Michael Cole uh, wants to wind down. So in his, in his words, he says, uh, I don't know how long this is going to last, but I do know that Michael Cole is a team player. He is a soldier, and wherever he's needed, he will step up to the plate. So I guess the question to ask now is, you know, obviously Michael Cole has worked into an amazing spot where he is the voice of uh, the WWE. But here's the real question I want to ask. Not so much how long is this going to last, but if you watched SummerSlam on Saturday, you heard his commentary partner, Corey Graves, call Michael Cole the greatest announcer of all time. We had this conversation on this show a couple of months ago, so it's time to revisit it. Now that Endeavor has deemed Michael Cole to be the guy to uh, be on both Raw and SmackDown, and his voice is consistent, and he's had 25 years in the game, do we agree with Corey Graves that Michael Cole is the greatest commentator of all time, or do we have other thoughts on that? I want to get your thoughts in the chat. Let's go to our uh, illustrious panel. DJ Chuck, what do you say about this? Well, first of all, when Cole got that news about more work, he said, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> yes. You got to be <laughs> kidding me. <laughs> um, and quickly, he does want to slow down. He was on Pat McAfee's podcast a couple months mm -hmm. ago. So when yeah. I saw this news that he was getting more work on his plate, I was as surprised as anybody, too. But again, yeah. Cole's been a team player for 25, 26 years since he was getting clowned in the back you know, by DX doing talk about started from the bottom. Now we hear. So Cole to me, to, to your question, is he the greatest? Not in my book. Is he one of the greatest? Is he top five? Maybe you can make that argument. I mean, my, I mean, I think it all, de it depends on the generation you grew up on. It's just like basketball. It's just like anytime it's just like basketball. It's just like hip hop. When you're like, who's the greatest top five MCs It's all about, you know, who is the greatest from that era? I mean, for me, it's it's Jim Ross. It's gonna be Jim Ross. That's just my my two cents, and that's just the era I came up in. But there's no denying that Cole is undoubtedly top ten at this point with his consistency. Yeah, you know, I I tend to agree. I I will say I believe Michael Cole is on the Mount Rushmore of commentators. He's been doing it across different eras. When you think about uh, attitude era, ruthless aggression era, um, and to now, and how much impact he's had on certain superstars that we've seen mature, grow up in different eras, things like that. I, I think he is a staple of the commentary booth, which is why. And another thing is reliability. Uh, you yeah. can always count on Michael Cole to give his best to kind of capture the moment that's going on, to play that role, whether it be positivity or heel. Um, What's interesting about this quote from Booker to me, he also says that he feels like Cole will never get a chance to wind down and retire because he said he's waiting on them to give Vic Joseph a shot from NXT. Right. Ooh, if you listen, if you watch NXT, Vic is actually very good. Um, and he's really stabilizing that, that third brand for NXT. So yeah, I think Cole is absolutely on the Mount Rushmore. But when I think about 
the other people, when I think about Jim Ross making so many moments over the years, that yeah. just encaps encapsulates the era of wrestling we were in, especially with guys like Stone Cold. And I'm thinking, like, who is who is that wrestler that is personified by Michael Cole's commentary? And I'm pretty That's sure you can quite a few. Maybe Cena, maybe. Yeah, maybe Cena is encapsulated by Cole's commentary. And if you think about Michael Cole, like he spans so many eras of wrestling. When you say 25 years, that's crazy because I'm 36. And I think about Michael Cole being a backstage commentator when he still had the highlighted tips and stuff like that. Right. And then you think about the the anonymous general manager angle that he was in. He was a part of a lot of big parts of history with this company. So it's no it's no surprise they say like, hey, here's old reliable. Let's let's go to Michael Cole instead of like let's groom the next generation. The only thing I have a problem with this with this move is I'm not a fan of three-man booths. I'm mm. just not. And even with AEW, when it's four people, I'm just like, who is talking? Like, I'm not the biggest fan of that. I understand why they want Cole to... to, to Because it's SmackDown now that's a three-man booth because they've switched it. That's the only thing I just... I, I'm not a fan of is three-man booths. But I don't want, you know, anybody as far as like... um uh Patrick's been great. I don't want him. I don't want anybody to lose an opportunity and quickly to Vic to, to Vic Joseph. I think he sounded great when he was on Raw in 2019. Mm -hmm. I was I was mm -hmm. surprised when he moved him down to, to to NXT. So, but I think he's he's gotten better down there. You know, he's had more time to cut his teeth. So I think eventually he should get his shot. I, I want to ask you guys. We've got a number of uh, of great things that are being said in here, so I want to just touch on them really quickly. Boza says the commentary changes their way of saying Kevin Patrick sucks. Yikes. Uh, Cole and Wade have great chemistry. I'm shocked that they haven't brought up Vic Joseph to the main roster. Uh, Ronell says uh, JR is still the greatest, which I can understand that. Bobby says uh, Michael Cole is great on commentary. Boza continues. Cole has been the only regular face for the last 25 years. I think he has been good because he had the right partners. That's interesting. That's before interesting. Pat, before Pat McAfee came, he was just blah. JR is the best. I have. That is uh no, nah, you can't say that just because he he like I said he encapsulates moments and and somebody's mentioning Bailey like if you are a commentator that gets to be a part of the show yeah like when the wrestlers interacts with you that speaks to you like your prominence in your in your arena. Also, I can argue that some of Cole's best work was with Taz. Yes, I we, can argue that. Yeah, we cannot forget. I think. Here's part of the challenge with the Michael Cole conversation. And then there's another question I want to ask. One of the challenges with the Michael Cole is Michael Cole also was doing his work while we had JR in his prime. While we had the combination of JR and uh, Jerry the King Lawler in their prime. So for some, if you grew up in the era where you saw jr in his prime and a young michael cole sometimes it's hard to s flip the switch and watch somebody it's almost like watching and i'm not calling michael cole a child but it's like watching a child grow up into an adult tv star if if they've been right. in front of you the entire time it's easy to keep referring to the it's it's part of the of what happened with uh jillia white as steve urkel you know in his case, when he, because he played Steve Urkel so well, we never got to, we never gave him a chance to evolve into some other character. You know, in the case of Michael Cole, 
we've watched him go from backstage announcer to, you know, commentator to, you know, being in almost the shadow of JR to then kind of being in that space where he was the most tenured, but people may not have called him the voice yet. And so now we're here and we're at 25 years. And like you guys were mentioning before, you know, things evolve generationally. So today's generation of wrestling fan may not have heard JR in his prime. This might be the most consistent voice they heard. And I want to be very cautious and careful and say that if they are hearing JR now, they aren't hearing as much of JR and they aren't hearing JR as in his bag as he was during the day, you know? So it's almost like the, and I'll, I'll probably, some people may not know this name, but he's a Hall of Fame name, Gordon Soley. Oh, yeah. You know, um, if if you did not catch Gordon Soley in his prime, he was just, he would end up just being kind of a name to you that's revered, but you don't know why he's revered. You know what I mean? So it, it's all interesting. So I want to ask another question, and I'm asking for multiple reasons, but I think this is an important question. And this is for everybody. Um, so you you mentioned someone mentioned, and I think it was you said that, or it might have been you, Chuck. So it's one of you guys um, that you would not want to see someone new miss out on an opportunity because Cole is still there, right? right. So the the question now is, what does it take for you as a wrestling fan to become comfortable? How long does it? How long and what does it require for a new voice to become comfortable with you when in the space of commentary? That's a great question. Ooh, I, that I is think tough because it's I an think adjustment it, period. Yeah, it is an adjustment time. period. It's time. Mm-hmm. It's time and in, in, in seeing and giving them a chance. Mm-hmm. You know, the Raw booth has had so much turnover in the last four years. What's the name of homeboy that they had from MMA that they – they released uh, last Moro year. Ronaldo. Uh, no, no, oh, no, 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 no. Uh, uh, Smith, Smith, Smith. Smith. Like, yeah. I feel like when he was starting to get his groove, they let him go. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and Mario. Oh, that's Mario's a whole nother discussion. Oh, Mamma Mia, an, an, another discussion for another day. I love Mario. Uh, fan club over here. Yes. You know, yes. but um, I think I and and, and I, I I forgot who said in the chat. They're just not giving people time. I don't know mm. if it's a Triple H thing. I don't know if it's a Vince thing. They're mm-hmm. just not giving people time. And if you look at the history of commentators with that company, it's never been kind of a golden baton. It's kind of somebody didn't show up or somebody got fired. Hey, can you do blah, 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 you know, this Monday? That's what happened with Jerry Lawler. Mm-hmm. Sat Randy Savage left for WCW. Vince didn't have anybody that day. Jerry, do you want to go in the booth with me? Look what happened. Mm-hmm. You know, and the same thing kind of happened with Jr. coming on from WCW and so on and so forth, and then and and Michael Cole stepped in when when Jr. was first out. What was it, Ball Palsy the first time? Yes, around yes. 98, 99. Mm-hmm. So people getting their shot was kind of by it was it was a do or die situation. Either somebody steps up, or we have nobody in the booth. Hmm. Now. I can understand, like, obviously, you want vets in the booth, but you got to, I mean, this could be argued about the company as a whole. You got to groom new talent. You got to groom new talent for storylines, mm-hmm. wrestlers, commentators, 
backstage personnel down to whatever role you have. And I think that's just an issue in, in any kind of corporation. Yeah. When do you start grooming the next generation? And and Cole seems like a giving person. He doesn't mm-hmm. seem like a person that's, you know, trying to be protective of his spot because he works with all the commentators and oversees all the commentators. And he's very mm-hmm. giving with his, with his knowledge. So I don't know if it's it, it's up to him or I don't know what his deal may look like now since he has all this extra work. Um but like I said, hearing him on Pat McAfee's podcast earlier this year, it seemed like he was winding it down. So sure. I, I think he is keeping his eye on starting to groom who is next. But it looks like, you know, TKO, I guess we'll call it now since the, the merger. Mm-hmm. Looks like they have other they have other plans. So said, let me pose that same question to you. What how long and what is required for you to become comfortable with the voice of a of a new commentator? I think if the biggest one is time um, because the reshuffling of parts is going to happen all the time. And I can't tell you how tired I am of hearing champagne wishes and caviar dreams on Tuesday nights. Um, <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I really miss Wade Barrett on Tuesday nights, but I understand why he was moved and how he excels mm-hmm. um, with red or blue brand. Now, according to my, like, I think the reshuffling is a lot to just allowing Kevin Patrick to not have so much on his plate. Uh, with the three-man booth, and I understand that. But as far as elevating new talent, things like that, I I see. I feel like I can see the moves as they're happening. I mean, I feel like sooner rather than later, we're going to get Kayla Braxton at the desk because she ended her last episode of The Bump last week. Right. So we're going to see more infiltration of these personalities, things like that. Maybe Byron Saxton comes back to a commentary role. And I, But me personally, I think the three-man booth works best. Okay. And really? I think because it allows you to have three different personalities and somebody doesn't have something to go or maybe somebody's uncomfortable with expounding upon their personality and character, it allows everybody to kind of freely be, be themselves. And I think it worked best in NXT when you had Beth Phoenix there. Yeah. And I think let's just start doing more of that. And it helped that talent ease into becoming the next Michael Cole of tomorrow. And I feel like that's what Michael Cole wants too. So maybe a lot of this pressure on Michael is because like, hey, we got this new deal coming up. We want to go with all reliable just so we can usher in this era comfortably. But I feel like they'll ease into elevating new people. I don't I don't think Kevin Patrick is bad. I think it's just we're so used to like the pomp and circumstance on Monday Night Raw over three hours that when you hear something more slow and steady, we don't know how to adjust. Interesting. Interesting. I've got so many thoughts. There's some great, great comments here. Uh, Jeffrey says Moro Ronaldo was was great. He certainly was uh ron very kind thanks or that's why i'm eagerly awaiting the big screen debut of the professor i appreciate that and we're working on that uh i promise you we are um jd says amazed mick foley never went to the commentary booth well actually he did go to the commentary booth briefly he he was briefly on smackdown doing commentary and he was also very vocal about why he left that role he did not like vince mcmahon in his ear regularly those are his words, not mine. Uh, he ended up going over and doing some commentary over in uh, Impact for a little while as well before doing some on-screen things there. Uh, Macho Man and Roddy Piper were great with Vince, as was Jesse Ventura. Yes, they were. Yes. Totally enjoyed them. Uh, let's see. Boza says they reshuffled because prior to SummerSlam, Corey has always felt like the lead man on Monday. Kevin, ne- Kevin never had the confidence to lead the show. Uh, JD says Braxton will be a great addition. She can roll with the punches, pu- push a little back, but 
overall seems comfortable with improving for sure. Uh, I will say this, you know, for me, and I think everybody looks for something different relative to commentary. I believe that the job or the role of a commentator is to, for one, tell a story. Um, it is to educate the viewer on not just storyline, but why what you're seeing in the ring is important. I think it's right. one of the reasons why JR would spend a lot of time sharing stats and figures and, you know, historical uh, information about whoever is in the ring so that you understand, okay, why this person is important, where they've been, all of that type of story to kind of build and, and hype that thing up. So I, I believe information is important. Knowledge base is important. Confidence vocally, uh, those things are important. You, you cannot sound uh, uncertain. You cannot sound, you know, like you don't know what's going on. Even if you don't know what's going on, you sound like you know what's going on. Right. And I do believe that somebody in the commentary booth uh, should also be the voice of the fan, you know, should say what the fan is thinking, you know, and that means they need to be a fan themselves, which I think in all fairness has been some of the disconnect for some of the people who they have brought in WWE specifically, who they have brought in from other sports, who were not as connected to the sport of wrestling. And so there were certain things they just couldn't, they just couldn't translate with because they weren't connecting uh, in that way. This is probably another conversation for another day, but I think this is a lot of fun. And uh, there are a lot of you're spot on about that. Yeah. When, when, when somebody's not a fan of wrestling, you can feel it. It exudes in their totally speech. Feel right. It. It, it's kind of the difference. Remember they brought a couple of years ago, they brought a guy in from baseball whose name I can't remember. He that's was on that's what I thought you guys were talking about. Yeah, they brought oh. him in and he didn't last long because you could tell. Oh, what's so I remember now. I can't Treating it now. like baseball, but he wasn't treating it like wrestling. And the wrestling fan, you know, is different than a football fan, is different than a basket. Adrian Verk, that Adnan Verk, yeah. that's, yeah. You know, yeah. that's his name. That's yeah. right. You know, he didn't last very long. Uh, and so I think it, it, it and, and gosh, there's so many other things to get to. I'm sorry, TK. Uh, but I think yeah. one of the things that's so interesting about this, this conversation is it's, it's the part of pro wrestling that few people talk about, but everybody needs. When commentary is bad, it immediately changes everything. The best comments, if you go back and watch, rewatch for those who lived through the Attitude Era, go back and rewatch some of the matches of the Attitude Era. You'll discover it wasn't as good as you thought it was. What made it good was the commentary, you yeah. know? And yeah. so I, I do believe there, you know, that's why I, I focus so much on commentary because it is, it's super important uh, in terms of what it can do to help push a story along and make things work well. That's why you have guys who are not watching uh, Monday Night Football on your regular networks because they're tuning into the Manning cast and they want to listen to Marshawn Lynch or and yeah. Richard Sherman. Yeah. Uh, call the games because it's more engaging because you have people that play the game and because they're also fans. It's not as right. uh, dry, diluted. So well, to yes. your point, it, yeah, you go look at the Attitude match, Era matches. Not a lot of them hold up. You're not going to be spending right. your day watching Attitude Era matches. It was JR mm -hmm. restoring the feeling in the moment. Absolutely. That's why when people hold on to that era so closely, I'm like, how? <laughs> they don't realize what they're holding on to. That's the crazy part. They're holding on to JR. 
and they're holding on to out outer segments or out out of ring segments, but not you're not holding on to great matches of the attitude. We talk about, you know, Austin promos, rock promos, all of those types of things, but we don't talk about amazing matches from the attitude era, which is and, just super interesting. And to your part, uh, your, your point, Gerard, I mean, even if you don't watch a full match, everybody watches a lot of those Instagram wrestling accounts. Mm -hmm. When you go to a video, there's a lot of times when it's on mute. Yeah. Yeah. And you already hear the commentary in your head. It's part yes. of the moment. Yes. Look at WrestleMania 17. Edge diving off the ladder and creaming Jeff Hardy. Right. You right. can't see that moment and hear that, not hear that call in your head. Right. But, but to connect what we've been talking about about today, these commentaries are not allowing a lot of time to build chemistry. Mm. That's why they don't sound as good. Yeah. JR and the King had chemistry. Yes. <laughs> but if you keep switching yes. out people, and I think that's why poor Renee Paquette didn't have a chance. Because yeah. I felt like they didn't allow her to gel, or you had Cole kind of teaching, you had Graves mm -hmm. in the, she was kind of middle between Cole and Graves, and yeah. she was fighting to get a word in. And this is why I'm not a fan of three person booths. If you're in a three person booth, to me, it's like the basketball drill, a three a three person weave. You have to rotate the ball consistently, yeah. or you're gonna get bopped in the head with the ball. So it, it well, and it, when I look at a three person booth, it's like we look at the NBA on TNT. It's like you'll have Mike Breen for your astute journalism and making the the big calls. You'll have mm -hmm. Jeff again, Van Gunny, who will give you the stories and uh from my time coach and stuff like that. And then you have Mark Jackson who will give you more relatable information that relates just to the fan of the sport. I think you just have to have those three, the chemistry, like you said, the personalities right. yeah. have to match. Yeah, everybody has to know their role when doing their job in commentary. And it's interesting. The last thing I'll say is, you know, this kind of goes back to an earlier point that Boza made about uh, chemistry. And he felt like we saw the best of Cole when he had the chemistry with, uh, with, with Pat McAfee, which I think is just so interesting. Um, yeah. to look at that particular point. Okay, now we mentioned the differences between sports in terms of, you know, basketball audiences are not football audiences, are not wrestling audiences, are not boxing audiences. And uh, one Logan Paul has come to acknowledge that particular fact that uh, in his words, wrestling is harder than boxing. Uh, he had that to say in having some conversations and he went on and said this, he says, quote, it's like Broadway on steroids. Like everyone in the WWE is so athletic and so talented in a different way that I would have never expected. And I find the mental part of WWE way more taxing than boxing. And so to that end, I am grateful that for as, irritated as some of us can get with logan paul it's very clear that he has a strong amount of respect for the business and uh that is always a very good thing boy we've got a lot to try to oh, 10 minutes good god all right let's see what can we can i just grab. say that calling logan paul a boxer is like calling me a swimmer <laughs> and, that, and that's and that's what pisses me off about that quote I, i'm glad that he has appreciation for wrestling but we got to stop this man we we got we got to stop with this Logan Paul having one like knockout power or being a puncher. We we saw him fight. B boxing hasn't we been the same. B boxing hasn't been the same since HBO took it off, and I'm just gonna leave it at that. That's well, a short time. then there's then there's that. Okay, so a couple of quick anniversaries and celebrations to talk about. Uh, for one, congratulations to Mercedes uh, Monet, Monet, who yesterday 
yesterday. What did I say? Yesterday, <laughs> uh, celebrate. I was trying to say yesterday it celebrated. Yesterday, she celebrated her 13 year anniversary in the wrestling business, which is pretty amazing. And uh, considering all she has accomplished, what a career! So, congratulations to Mercedes. Another quick celebration. Dark Side of the Ring last night aired their 40th episode in uh, the season four finale, which, by the way, if you guys didn't watch that or have not watched this season of Dark Side of the Ring, I highly yes. suggest that you do. Last night, Marty Jannetty, this guy. I, I haven't watched the episode yet, but if you've kept up with Marty Jannetty's story, stories over the year, I'm sure it was a... I used to be it such a, a doozy. fan growing up. Let me tell you something. I I think it's safe to say that of the Midnight Rockers or of the Rockers, however you saw them, Janetti was the guy. Shawn Michaels was kind of the second. Janetti was the guy. So it was kind of crazy to see that Shawn Michaels became the superstar right. and Janetti became an adjective. So I will just say this. Guys, it's a can't miss episode. Boza is on it. I don't know how they fit all that they did about him into an hour, but they did. It is one of the most intense informational kinds of shows. Wow. Just amazing. This season was incredible. They talked about Junkyard Dog this season. They talked about uh, the infamous Bash uh, at the Beach 2000. Bash at the Beach 2000. Bam Bam, Bam, Bam Bigelow was good, good as well. So uh, oh, oh, uh, Can, Can, Candido and uh, Sonny. That's how they kicked it off. Uh, so some great, great episodes. Abdullah the Butcher, Adrian Adonis, Magnum TA. Yeah, like, yeah. Magnum TA was a big one. Go back and check those out. And since we're talking anniversaries, today is also the 24-year anniversary of a moment that, well, I don't think we'll ever forget. Said you want to talk about this one. Mm. Just hearing these like exorbitant numbers just got me feeling like, oh, today. That but is a problem. Was, yeah. I'm with you. <laughs> this is the 24 year anniversary of Chris Jericho's WWE debut. If you remember, Jericho was tasked with interrupting The Rock, in which, and, and look, my man floated because this was a very tough moment when The Rock yeah. comes at you and says, Who the hell are you? Yeah. And you're on live television on the biggest show on network television. You have to swim. But everybody yeah. remembers this, and everybody remembers all the vignettes that happened in the lead-up to this, all the, the countdowns. And this was the big countdown where he finally made his debut. I can't believe this was 24 years ago. Yeah, I can't what, either. One of the greatest WWE debuts of all time. And then have the task to go nose-to-nose with The Rock on night one. She, that was, a, like you said, was, said, sink or swim. He could have been, if Jericho would have flubbed that, he'd have been at catering immediately. Right. And he, and he swam. He right. he, Michael Phelps, that shit. Yeah, Rock was burning people on the mic back then, like burning. How dare you have the class to interrupt the Rock <laughs> on his show, and not even have the class to introduce yourself? What is mm. your name? And that's really where we got that whole. It doesn't matter what your right. name is, and geez, just. I don't even know that we realize. It's funny, obviously, for those who had followed Chris Jericho. You know, you may have followed him from the ECW days or even his WCW days. But I don't know that many realized that it would be here that would really start be Jericho's transformation into a megastar. Right. You know, and here it is 
24 years later, he's still going strong. And, you know, I think that's crazy. I know. I know. It's hard to believe 24 years ago. Um, But what's even crazier is there was talk somewhere either in the chat or or here on the show about, you know, starting a new company and wanting to go with trusted voices. I believe that Chris Jericho really helped to cement AEW as a valid new company Absolutely. Uh, when they launched in 2019. It was, you know, him showing up at that press conference that made people go, oh, okay, this isn't just a Young Bucks, you know, uh, elite kind of thing. They got Jericho. It's obviously why Jericho became the first world champion and why he's still continuing his career there in AEW. So congratulations, of course. You can't have a Mount Rushmore and not have Jericho on it at this point. There's no no wizard. The the reinvention, the Mm -hmm. longevity, the Mm -hmm. being at the top of each company you're at at different periods of time. Like, he's a master of reinvention. There really is. There's no Ocho. There's no wizard. There's no demo guy. There's no a uh, little bit of bubbly. There is none of that without the Ayatollah of rock and roll. There's none of that without Y2J. This was his career-making moment. We wouldn't have mm-hmm. any of this if yeah. he would have effed up that promo right there. That This made his career. I agree. I agree. And so uh, last but not least, one of the other things that happened on this particular day, oh gosh, I'll just throw this out there, uh, is something called Showdown at Shea. Now, you may not recognize that name, but on this day in 1980, this housed a match that was kind of a WrestleMania precursor. It was Andre the Giant versus Hulk Hogan at Shea Stadium in 1980. It predated WrestleMania three, of course. By the time we got to 1987, Vince McMahon Jr. made this a whole new world, and you didn't even know Showdown at the Shea existed. But it really did, and I talk about it more on a separate podcast, but definitely wanted to mention that. Tonight, uh, very, very quickly, is episode 201 of AEW's Dynamite. It's going to be a stacked card, including the Hardys and the Young Bucks on free TV. What is life? That's happening tonight, guys. So definitely check that out. Must see TV, man. Is this just first in-ring action back? No. He's been no, in, okay. yeah, he's second been or third in, match, I want to say. It's second or third. He's had like a six-man tag and things like that. So we've got that happening. RVD is also wrestling tonight uh, for Man. the uh, FT, FTR championship. Um, no, F- FTW. Got too many FTW, too much in my head. Okay, that's happening tonight, though, uh, so as well. So it's going to be a great, great night. And it's funny, little history for you. It was six years ago where they had this match, uh, the Hardys would lose like the ring of honor tag titles to the young bucks and then show up the next day at WrestleMania. It was pretty crazy uh, to see how all that goes down. So that's 2016, we yeah, stuffed the, the gold. Li- that's right. That's right. Conquest we stuffed a whole lot into this hour today. And what an amazing conversation we have had. All right, we've got to get ready to get out of here. Some more shows are coming. DJ Chuck, let the people know how they can reach out to you. You can find me on Instagram at the Old Soul HFP. Check out my band on the Flow Productions YouTube. Check out our album The Black Odyssey. Um, all our music videos. And a quick little tidbit about Dark Side of the Ring, which is also one of my favorite shows on TV. You can catch a cameo from yours truly on the Nick Gage episode if you look close enough in the crowd. Ah! Ah, nice. I have to go back and watch that one for sure. 
that was a bloody one too. Good yeah. Point. It's it's Nick Gage, which yeah, you know, what do you expect? So <laughs> that's awfully cool. Said man, how can the people reach you? Find me on Twitter at said says. Find me on the threads and the IG at said is the answer. I dropped an article a couple days ago for dailyddt.com covering SummerSlam this past weekend. You can also check out my journalism journey on IG as well as Hawthorne Community Television. We didn't get a chance to talk about it, but WWT Field Trip, AW Full Gear is going to be at the Forum. Yes. Be at the Forum November 18th. So any wrestling fans in the LA area that want to pull up, hang with WWT, I'm pretty sure we'll be in the building at the Forum. 100%. I'm pretty sure of that. That's going to be super, super cool. Of course, you guys can check me out at Bonafide across all of the social spaces. You can check out my commentary work. It's probably why it was so fun to talk about commentary today. You can check that out with Southern Honor uh, on IWTV. Our new show should be coming up very, very soon. Also, you can check out my work with Battle Slam on Fight TV, my work with the Nightmare Factory on YouTube. And uh, I mentioned podcasts. I do have a pro wrestling podcast called The Faction where we're talking about a lot of fun stuff. We're talking about Showdown at the Shea today, so you can go back and check that out wherever you check out podcasts. And since the DJ Chuck is plugging a project, I'm actually on a project as well, uh, a new project that just dropped on Friday from Indie Tribe. It's called Low Blow. You can find me on track seven. Yes, uh, it debuted at like number two on the iTunes Hip Hop charts on Let's Friday go. and number eight on the iTunes overall chart. So definitely Go check it out. Lots of fun. Shout out to everybody in the chat. There's a whole lot of folks who really made this pop today. Boza and Jeffrey and Eric and JD and Ron L. And gosh, I feel like I'm missing people, but there were lots of things happening. Bobby was in here and a lot of other folks. So thank you guys so much for tuning in to what we are doing here at Women's Wrestling Talk. Remember that you can follow us at WW Talk Pod across all the social spaces. Lots of great content there, and there's lots of new content coming from SummerSlam as well that you can check out. Also, brand new website up for uh, www.talkpod.com. Check that out. You can find lots of great things happening there. And of course, we have a show for pretty much every brand of pro wrestling that you might like, and that is available here on the network as well wwt live will be back on friday talking about more of the latest and greatest in pro wrestling news so on behalf of tk trinidad and the entire crew here i'm the professor gerard bonner this has been wwt live as part of women's wrestling talk the number one women's wrestling show on the planet hey peeps tk trinidad here boss lady of women's wrestling talk And I want to say thank you so much for watching because you've got millions of options. Plus, you don't have to worry about sharing your password to check us out. But while you're here, hopefully you know we have so many more shows to watch. Like Turnbuckle Glam, Raw Post Show, WOW Post Show, AEW Dynamite Post Show, Women's Wrestling Army Post Show, NXT Post Show, Impact Wrestling Post Show, AEW Rampage and SmackDown Live Post Show, On The Scroll, ROH Post Show. WWT Live, plus all of our interviews with the hottest women's wrestlers in the game. Make sure that you like, comment, and subscribe. Check out our website at www.talkpod.com and follow us on all social media platforms at www.talkpod and make sure to spread the word. That means send this to the group chat. Yes, even the person with the green bubble. Thanks again so much for watching Women's Wrestling Talk, the number one women's wrestling show on the planet. Ciao for now. Women's Wrestling Talk, the number one women's wrestling show on the planet.